0: This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast.
1: Well, here we go. It is the next to last week of the regular season in Tennessee high school football. we got a lot of big games going on across the state. We have, I don't know, I, this doesn't feel, Chandler, like it's a great week locally we do have two games that have region championships on the line i don't know how good either one of those two games are going to be honestly so it kind of makes me i I don't know i don't really feel like this is a fantastic week i feel like last week was such a great week i i just don't know that i'm that i'm all that excited about the games on the slate this week
0: well chris i think the the point is in the last two weeks we've been spoiled with Great, fantastic matchups, and not only great matchups, but they have come and proven their worth, Chris. I mean, you're talking about a lot of great, a lot of games that lived up to the height. I think in the last week we previewed 10, 12 games, and only really two or three of them have been, you know, true blowouts, and the rest of them have been close, and the rest of them have been very competitive. So yeah, I think that's what we're seeing right now.
1: I get the feeling next Monday when we put out our next podcast that I'm going to say, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, there's going to be a game this weekend where you're going to go, wow, I didn't see that coming. So, hey, this is the SETN Podcast. I'm Chris Goforth. He's Chandler Morrison. We do this twice a week where we talk high school football in southeast Tennessee. You can find us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash S-E-T-N Preps. We are also available on iTunes. You can uh, just do the search in iTunes, The Southeast TN Prep Podcast. You'll pull us right up. Make sure you, um, you subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Um, Wherever you find us, whether it's Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever, wherever you find us, we are certainly glad that you do. He is uh, Chandler Morrison. You can find Chandler on Twitter, at sportschandler. You can find me at Chris GoForth 1. All right, Chandler, let's uh, hop into it. We'd like to kick off this week our, our preview edition. We get you ramped up on this Thursday. We get you focused and excited for Friday night, but we also like to spend a minute and kind of take a big-picture look at what's going on across the state and with some news and notes. Chandler, what do you got for us this week?
0: Well, Chris, this is probably one of the biggest pieces of news this week. Uh, Daily News Journal Adam of Murfreesboro reported that Blackman and Alcoa. Blackman, a 6 A school, Alcoa. If you don't know Alcoa, you've been sleeping under a rock for the past 20, 30, 40 years. They have a home-and-home series for 2019 and 2020. The first game that they will play in 2019, that's going to be a Saturday game in week one. Both of them will be in week one. It's going to be a Saturday game. It's going to be something special. Chris, you know, when you look at this, this looks like to me – that this will be one of the this will be the biggest game of week one around the state. Week one, now a lot can happen between now and then, but that looks what it looks like. But Chris, it also looks like this is stemming from the mariville loss to Alcoa. I mean, you look at the you know I think the Tennessean does their Super twenty five across the state. Alcoa is number one, and that's saying something. When you've got all these private schools, all these six a five a four a schools that are bigger schools. How much of this, Chris, do you think stems from Maribel losing to Alcoa earlier this season and the potential, you know, because Alcoa has not exactly played, you know, been blown out every time they play Maryville, but how much do you think that stems from that, Chris? Hmm.
1: I don't know. Interesting. That's an interesting take on it. Um, I do like this matchup. I like the fact that you're talking about two very good football teams from two different parts of the state, um that will hook up i think it's a heck of a way to kick off the football season and it's also one of those uh one of those conversation starters that makes you go boy what what are some of the other really good matchups you'd like to see across the state uh take place uh, during the early part of the high school football season now, I, look i think the one thing that college football does really really well now and when i was a kid i would have said that the start of major league baseball season was the best Um, right now though I think college football does a great job in kicking off their season because they've got five straight days of football with games starting on Thursday and then running through Labor Day night they do a great job you've got all those uh, games that take place at neutral sites that always have the big game feel to them and you know I don't think there's anything wrong with high school football uh, if you can capitalize on some of that and 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 put those big games early in the season. Play those tough games early. I like that. And the other thing I like is I think if you're a coach, I think that's one way to ensure that your guys stay focused uh, during the summer on those summer workouts when you know you're going to face Alcoa in week one. You're going to get in there, maybe get in a little bit early. You're going to give it a couple extra reps maybe before you walk out uh just because you know you're going to have such a tough test come week number one, so that is uh, again, I'm excited about that matchup, and I, I like I like that idea. I, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see more games like that, and it's it's not about look. We always have good games here locally, week one. I'm not saying that, but just those kind of cross sectional games from from around the state when you can take a team. You know, um, a three A team from Knoxville, and they play a six A team from Murfreesboro. You know, can you take a five A team from Chattanooga and match them up against a you know a good three A team from Middle Tennessee? I mean, I you know, again, I'm just throwing out ideas, but I I just like that idea.
0: Two things I want to say about this: one, um, I think that it's it's very hard in the state of Tennessee because it's so like when you talk about driving from Memphis to Johnson City. That's like a nine, nine-and-a-half-hour drive, Chris. It's so hard to get teams from across the state to play each other. Even from, like, Chattanooga to Nashville, because you're talking about two- or three-hour road trip, that's four- or five-hours round trip when you have to go one year and then the other way. I think that's what hurts us a lot, even with the 6A schools and the Division two schools that, you know, have the funding for that and had the fans for it. I would really like to see some of the teams around here be able to do that, for one, and Chris, I've got a quote here. I want, I want to see what you think about this quote. This is from the head coach, Alcoa. They talked to him about this. He talked about his team not being, and we, we saw them beat Maryville this year, okay, remember this, about them not being able, about them not being built to play a lot of 6A programs consistently. He said, we're doing doing it once a year. We can't do it week in and week out. We couldn't play in the Murfreesboro regions week in and week out, no matter how good we are. We don't have the depth of 6A schools. We have to consider that when we talk to the other schools. But the Blackman coach, Hartsville here, he said, this is what he said. He said, when you see them on video, you don't see a 3A team. You see more players than most 6A teams. Their players look like 6A players, and they beat 6A teams like Maryville. Which side do you fall on that, Chris?
1: (sighs) Oh, I fall on the side of the Blackman coach. I've seen (laughs) Maryville. I've seen Maryville that, you know. Look, they're they're blowing smoke in Alcoa if they're if they're telling you they look like a, you know they they look like a three A team and and they don't have depth and whatever and th- there may be a little bit of truth uh, to some of of what he's saying but he's also blowing a lot of smoke too I think uh, you know I think Alcoa uh, week in week out they could play probably in just about any division in this state anywhere. Um, regardless of classification or parts of the state. I mean, that's just – that is its own little animal and its own little machine that, you know, they change coaches and they go 15-1, and one, you know. I mean, they just – yeah, it never changes for them, no matter who's in control.
0: What is one matchup from a Chattanooga team that you would like to see across the state?
1: Oh, man, I, I would have to huh. – I'd have to really think about that because um, you know we do get some pretty good ones a lot of times, and I don't I love those those historic type matchups, um, and we do get a chance to see a lot of those in the um, you know in the playoffs uh, already. I, I'd like to see you know I'd like to see Macaulay, and I know they have a hard time um, you know trying to schedule people, but I'd like to see Macaulay. Be able to step in against some of the 5 and 6A schools up in Middle Tennessee or Mm -hmm. some of those 5 and 6A public schools in Knoxville just to see how they fare. Um, Yeah. You know, I I would love to see that. I'd love to see Notre Dame go up against uh, some of the better 3 and 4A schools uh, in. Uh, across the state as well I, that's just you know those are two teams from the area and i i went with two private schools but just two teams from the area that you know i think could step out and could show out well in in uh, going up against some of those uh, some of those other programs that maybe statewide get get a little more love and a little more attention than what those two do
0: yeah chris i i've got to go with um i think that you know, we saw the South Pittsburgh schedule in Meigs County, and that's a, a big, you know, big story that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I would really like to see – now, I'm not seeing it in the past few years. I know they have in the past, but I'm not seeing it in the past, you know, two, maybe two three cycles where they played, you know, a 4A, 5A school, and I don't know if they ever will, you know, because of how their schedule is and everything, I would love to see them play, like, you know, maybe a 4A, 5A school from Middle Tennessee or from Knoxville, just to see where they kind of stand, because you know South Pittsburgh is always going to be good, and that's sometimes a challenge, but you know they're always going to be good groups.
1: Yeah, and I don't think the problem with that lies on South Pittsburgh's end at all. <laughs> I think yeah, a lot of that has to do with You know, a lot of 4A schools look at them and go, no way. You know, I want no part There's a lot of coaches that are going to look at that and go, yeah, if I beat you, everybody's going to say, well, they're 1A. You're supposed to beat them. And if I lose (laughs) to you, you know, people are going to say, yeah, but you lost to a 1A program. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I saw some of that from, or heard some of that from some people up in Ray County after their Marion County game this year. Even though they won the game, it was well, it was a you know a middle of the pack two A program. We should have beat them a lot worse than what they did. Well, for Coach Pemberton at at Ray County, you know, unless you can go win fifty four to six, then it's a lose lose proposition for you. And I think that makes it kind of tough. Well, Chandler, I can't take credit for um, for my news and notes of the week. I got to give a shout out to uh, um, a guy that I grew up with, and Donovan Stewart, who now covers high school football all across the uh, all across the state of Tennessee. Donovan's victory formation on TNHighSchoolFootball.com. It's a must read every week if you're a fan of high school football. Here, this comes from Donovan. Sixteen games on the line this week. Uh, or 16 games that have a region championship on the line this week. That includes two games locally, East Hamilton and Anderson County, which is really the only 4A game that has a region title happening this week. Notre Dame and Chattanooga Christian in Division Two, Region champions that are already clinched. Whitwell in Class 1A locally. Tyner in Meigs County have both clinched in 2A. Red Bank in 3A. Uh, so we we'll get that 4A this week with uh, East Hamilton and Anderson County. That's going to leave 5A and 6A still to be determined locally. Chandler going into week what week 11, I guess, the final week of the regular season. So that should be fun. Uh, one other note that I wanted to toss out there from Donovan: longest losing streaks. Our longest losing streaks in the area: McMinn Central has lost 12 straight. Hickson has now lost 10 straight. But there is another that has lost more. That's Kingsbury. Uh, they are in Region 8-5A. They have now lost 32 straight games. Golly. Mm. So
0: that's,
1: that's a look at some uh, news and notes, some happenings from across the state of Tennessee. Let's hop into our game previews, Chandler. This is what we love to do is, is get into some of the games that are going on around uh, southeast Tennessee. That's what we do here on SETN Preps. We stick it uh, primarily locally to the southeast Tennessee and the Chattanooga area, and we talk about the big games that are going on. We'll give you a couple of them this week. Let's start with Cleveland and Ottawa. It's homecoming at Ottawa this week, plus I believe this game is the TV game Friday night with Quake and JR. So um, this is a game that it's it's not a battle for for a region title. What it is, though, is a fight for second place in that region.
0: When you look at this, it's not really a trap game for Ottawa, but you kind of come in with you just lost to Maribel. That was a tough loss. Or, you know, this is you know, did we expect it? Yeah, kind of, but it's Ottawa. You thought they were going to put up 14, 21 points if, if Marival was going to score 42. Cleveland has the playoff spot locked down, but they could potentially put themselves up to that number three spot if they were to upset Ottawa. You know, another upset for them, they could have a home playoff game. That's not likely. But it, it's still in the cards for Cleveland that, you know, it's just not under their control. Boogawal has that big playability. You know, but a game against Maribel last week, you know, you can't overlook that. It's just different. I think that you're not looking at that as part of your season. You're kind of looking at it as an outside because it's Maribel. It's like playing Alcoa. You look at that as a, you know, as a separate game almost from your season because of who they are. Um, but I think if you're Utawa, you can compartmentalize it, and this one's going to come down to whether Udowa is mentally ready to play this game against Cleveland because Cleveland's only shot is if Udawah comes up not ready to play, I believe.
1: We need to see Udawah get back to that mid-season form. They were clicking at one point in time this season on offense. I think the last couple of weeks they've kind of been off. And Here's something else to mm-hmm. note about Udawah. Uh, nobody in Udawah has any fingernails left because they chewed them all off. They've had four (laughs) games this year, four games decided by three points or less. Now, good news for the Owls, they're three and one in those games, but you're talking about four games this year decided by three points or less. We need to see the same team that hammered East Hamilton, the same team that hammered William Blunt. They need Quinn. They need Sanford. They need those guys on the field, and they need them to have big games. And here's the other thing that I think you have to consider in this game. There's a little bit of a revenge factor. Cleveland won this game last year, forty-two to seven, and I think that's something that Udowai is, is going to remember. And I think it's probably being used as as motivation this week. Cleveland has beaten up on bad teams. They have struggled against good teams this year. They've they've beaten Walker Valley. They've beat William Blunt. They beat Maryville Heritage. So they've beaten the bad teams. They haven't had a lot of success, though, against the good teams. I think Ottawa is a good team, so here's a chance for Cleveland to – I mean, this would be a huge win for them if they can pull it off. I just think Ottawa is too strong, and, and has. they just have too many playmakers, especially on offense. Notre Dame and CCS. This is a game that does have – a region championship on the line. Notre Dame, here's my – you ready? You, I got I got your stat of the day right. uh, if you're ready for Go it, ahead. Chandler. You may want to get a pen and paper because this is pretty good.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty so, ready, Chris.
1: You know this already. <laughs> Notre Dame, is. they lost their season opener. They've won seven straight. And outside of a seven-point win over Knox Webb, they've pretty much dominated everybody. Here's your stat of the day. They have beaten region opponents this year – by an average of 29 points per game. So pretty much Notre Dame has been, on average, four touchdowns better than everybody else in their region.
0: The biggest thing for me is you got to look at that loss for Chattanooga Christian against Knoxville Webb. I believe it was last week. I'm checking the schedule right there. Yeah. But, yeah. And that was it's a that pretty really sound
1: good. beating. That was a pretty sound beating yeah. they took.
0: Yeah. And this is a region game, um, you know, To me, I think that took all, I think it took some of the air out of this game, out of the hype of it at least, because I think we expected them, because Webb, you know, they're down a little bit this year. We expected them to go in and, if not throttle, just beat Webb and be, you know, two losses to the loss, the lot, two losses against Taylor and McCauley to be the only two losses they had coming in this game, but that's just not the case. So, you know, for me, it, it just feels like, more Valuable to CCS than it is to Notre Dame. And I know it's a rivalry game, and I know Notre Dame's will come to play because it's CCS. I mean, you know, before they were even in Division Two, they were in, uh, you know, they beat each other, you know, they would go up against each other in uh, what was the District 7 AA, which, you know, 3 and 4A, all that. I mean, that goes back a while for them. But it doesn't feel as much like a region championship game as it should. Because Notre Dame has been so dominant, and then you have the loss against Fox Web, Webb, which really kind of knocks CCS down a little bit, I'd be interested to see whether they take that motivation and are able to at least compete with Notre Dame this week.
1: One thing about this game, if you want a reason to watch this game, Notre Dame, Cameron Wynn going up against CCS is Mondo Ellison, probably two of the best players the area has to offer on the yep. field Friday night yep. going against each other. I mean, that's um, that's two that's two really talented guys going head to head on uh, on Friday night. So that's the reason why you'd want to go watch that one. All right, let's get to another game involving some some region implications here. You've got East Ridge going against Howard. Both teams are two and two in region play. East Ridge started the season; they were 0 and six. Since that time they've won two straight, they beat a, a beat up Central High team, and Central is fading fast on us. Mm-hmm. They exploded for a season high forty nine points last week. You know, East Ridge is kind of a team that, again, um, as for as much as Central has faded, I think East Ridge and East Hamilton have both shown, Chandler, they've both shown a ton of improvement.
0: Yeah, both these squads are on two-game winning streaks. Uh, before those two game, before the last two weeks, last two games for these teams, they were combined like they have one win, okay? Uh, this is this is one for a spot in the playoffs. This is really what it is. East Ridge with the win over Chattanooga Central, that could be the three seed. Traveling, but it's better than facing the one seed out of the other region. You always want to get as high seed as you can at the point of it. Alonzo Russell will probably be the one to watch in this game, Chris. I mean, he had 313 yards, went 12 15 to the air last week, 70 yards on the ground. And by the way, he's playing both ways. He had nine tackles and an interception against Sequoia. And that Sequoia, take it for what you will. In the win against Central a couple weeks ago, he had 270 total yards and had all three TDs in the game. Alonzo Russell is going to be the reason East Ridge wins this game or loses this game. It's going to come down to him, I think. But this is – Definitely a playoff or bus type
1: game. Yeah, two things, two reactions to what you just said, Chandler. One, for Eastridge, think about this. You got Howard this week. You got Hickson mm-hmm. next week. Yep. You win Friday night over Howard. Eastridge has a chance to close out the regular season with four straight wins after starting Owen 6 Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, that would be a big motivation oh, for that, them. Oh, that
1: would be huge. That would be huge for them to win yeah. four straight. You talk about Alonzo Russell. He has been uh, – he may be the breakout player of the year for me. Um, and we'll do some superlatives at uh, some point in time after the season is over. But Alonzo Russell has got to be that guy that is – um you know the on the in the conversation of being the breakout player this year. These last two games, you quoted his numbers there. Both East Ridge wins. He has been huge for them, and they need. Look, if they're going to have success, I think it's clear. Alonzo Russell has to have a big night if East Ridge is going to win. Yeah. Howard, by the way, they've won two straight games as well. And as Chandler mentioned, Friday night for these two teams it's all about playoff seeding. Let's get to another one. East Hamilton and Anderson County on Friday night. East Hamilton comes in 4 and 4, 3 and 1 in region play. Kudos to Ted Gatewood and East Hamilton for even getting themselves in this position. Um Anderson County's pretty much dominated everybody they've played in in region play. But this was it wasn't supposed to be this way for East Hamilton. They You know, this was expected to be another rebuilding year. They were going to be down, had just three guys back on offense from a year ago. They've already won more games this year than they did all of last year. Now, unfortunately for them, Chandler, I I think Anderson County is pretty much the class in that region right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we talk about East Hamilton, we were talking about them week three and week four, Chris. I mean, you're talking about a team that we were like, you know, they're, you know, they ain't going to win the region. They might get the fourth, you know. Well, I think and now the, I think
1: the conversation was could they get out of their own way, right? I mean, they just yeah. did yeah. not look – they didn't look good early in the year.
0: Yeah, they didn't pass the eyeball test. Anderson County – it's Anderson County. I believe I looked at and they're like number 24 in the top 25 in the state. You know, that's all classifications they do with the Tennessee and whatever. Uh, but, you know, East Hall only has one region lost. I mean the only reason loss they have is to Chat is to Chattanooga Central and Chattanooga Central really shot themselves in the foot with that East Ridge loss.
1: Well, well here's here's talking. the deal. If you if you replayed that game today, I think Central I think East Hamilton would beat Central if they replayed it today just because Central's kinda of beat up right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I really think they are. I mean, you know, although it doesn't feel like it is the in, impromptu region championship, I don't think it you know, I think we're kinda of looking up and people are at the area looking up like you know, East Hamilton—they have a shot to win this region. In and Anderson County, I mean, they—they're they, in the driver's seat. They may not win, but they're in the driver's seat. You know, they're definitely battle-tested this year. They've had a really—they've had a pretty tough schedule. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to debate that. You know, East Ham, though, is picking up steam as this season continues. It just feels like every week. And I know this sounds cliché, but it feels like with this team every week they're getting better and they're looking more and more complete. And and, and and really, that's all that matters when you get to the playoffs is how complete are you when you get to that first, second-round game? Because I wouldn't want to play them in the first second-round right now, Chris.
1: Chandler, let's move on. Let's get to – look, we're almost to playoff time. And, and so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about who's a pretender and who's a contender. Who do we see has a legit shot – at playing for a state championship or maybe making a deep run through the month of November. We're going to break it down by classifications. Chandler, let's start in 1A football. We'll go South Pittsburgh and Whitwell. Pretenders or contenders when you look at those two?
0: Both of them have got to be contenders. Uh, you know, the, only, the thing about this is, of course, and we'll talk about this in 2A as well, and even 3A, I think, possibly – they're going to run into each other. And so I think for them, the only thing standing between the way of them having a great playoff run is it, each other. Cross- yeah.
1: It's yeah, each I other. Think- it's a rematch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and when you talk about that rematch, Chris, that's going to be one of the bigger games. It's going to be the biggest 1A game of the season, I think, But I'll, besides maybe the state championship game, but this may even surpass it. But the biggest thing about this is, I think now both of these teams are coming in, going to be coming into that one even because you got a Whittle team that's riding high, but you've also got a South Pittsburgh team, coached by Vic Ryder that's ready for revenge. Chris.
1: Yeah, I, look, I, I agree with you. I think both of these teams, they're contenders, and, and it's look the goal for either one of them shouldn't just be, you know, getting to a quarterfinal round rematch or a semifinal round game against yeah. Greenback. I think both of these teams are good enough. The, the goal should be to get to Cookville and bring home a gold ball. Um, that's the way I see it for both of them, and I think for both of them it should be Cookville or Bust. Now, you are right. They will end up eliminating each other eventually um, because I think it's almost a given. I, I can't see South Pittsburgh losing to Gordonsville, and that's probably going to be their week two matchup I think they handle Gordonsville, and then you're going to roll into – Whitwell's probably going to have Joe Burns or somebody, and they're going to meet again in the quarterfinals with a Friday-after-Thanksgiving showdown in the semis for the winner against Greenback. That's the way I think things are going to fall. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but, yeah, there's there's no doubt. Um, I think both of these teams – I don't care what the score was last Friday – both of these teams are state title contenders in, in 1A. Mm-hmm. Let's go to 2A Tyner and Meggs. Chandler, I feel the exact same way about Tyner and Meggs County as I do about South Pittsburgh and Whitwell. I think these guys are, they're both state title contenders. I think you've got tremendous quarterbacks on both sides of the field. You've got outstanding coaches on both sidelines. But just like South Pittsburgh and Whitwell, somebody's going to eliminate somebody else. Later on, in, a, in about, what, five weeks, I guess, we'll we'll probably see these two uh, hooking up in, in week uh, three or the quarterfinal round of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Chris, I, I really think both of these are, are contenders. I, you know, here's the thing. The only difference between this one and the South Pittsburgh win was that they'll be in the semifinals instead of the quarterfinals because of where the regions sit. I think, Chris, when you talk about that potential matchup and, you know, I, I've said all season – that Tyner is more battle-tested and you give him the nod. But as the season goes on and wears on, you've got to wonder, you know, if Meigs County has an easier road in the playoffs at least, how much that could impact that. Cause I think that Meigs County will. I think Tyner's going to have a little bit tougher time going into the playoffs than Meigs County will as far as leading up to that matchup. But that will be very interesting to see.
1: Let's go to 3A. Red Bank and Sequatchie County, kind of the two teams that we have earmarked there. When when we're doing pretenders and contenders, who's a pretender, who's a contender in 3A, I definitely think, for me, a healthy Calvin Jackson. I think Red Bank is a contender um, as much as they can be based upon what's waiting for them later on down the road. These are probably two teams that will probably see each other. Now, I don't have the bracket in front of me or uh, really didn't take the time to see how or when they would end up meeting each other, but I think there's a pretty good chance that Red Bank and Sequatchie County uh, end up playing each other. Are they contenders for a deep playoff run? Yes. For a state championship, I don't think either one of them right now, Chandler, is at that level.
0: No, Chris, I, I don't think either. Um, I, you know, I've got them as contenders for getting to the semifinals. Which, really, for Chattanooga teams, the semifinals might as well be the state title game because
1: when you consider where Red Bank was a couple of years ago and how yeah. kind of downtrodden that program was, for them to get to, a, to to the semis, I think would be huge for them. But I think it would mm-hmm. be huge for Sequatchie County too. Um, especially given what's transpired there with, um, you know, the coaching changes and everything else they've kind of been through.
0: Just hypothetically, if, if Sequoia County could get past Upperman, could get past Red Bank, they would be playing Alcoa, you know, they'd be playing Alcoa two times in three years. Both of those times would be at home, Chris. You know, and that's, that's, that's really impressive. Um, but when you talk about pretenders, contenders, I think Red Bank is a right now. I don't think they've got as much sitting in the way. Sequatchie County still has an Upperman team that's blooming, a impressive Upperman team, a team that has not lost a game yet this season, and they are just more impressive by the league, Chris, for me right now, and I know it's my alma mater, but I've got them as a pretender until they can beat Upperman because that game is going to be so crucial as to whether Sequatchie County will be playing Red Bank in the quarterfinals or be out in the second, third round of playoffs.
1: I like Red Bank as uh, – out of those two, I like Red Bank to have a chance to go farther only because I just think Red Bank is a smidge more – well, not a smidge more. I think they're much more athletic. I think they got a lot of speed. And I think yep. when you get into 3A football, the deeper you go with every week you that, that passes in November that you advance deeper into the playoffs – athleticism and speed becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the one thing the teams we've talked about, South Pittsburgh, Whitwell, Tyner, Meigs County, and Red Bank, that we view as contenders are all teams that have a ton of speed. Now, let's go to 4A. 4A was tough. I didn't want to include Anderson County in this because nobody in Anderson County is listening to this podcast. East Ridge and uh, East Hamilton, I've got them both as as pretenders right now. I think they're both great stories. East Ridge starting out 0-6, they've got a chance to win four straight to close out the year. There's East Hamilton, who I don't think anybody really expected much from them. They've already won more games this year than what they won last year. I think they're great stories, Chandler. But when you talk about deep playoff runs – you talk about the possibility of getting to a state championship. They're both pretenders.
0: Yeah, Chris, I think we'll know a lot more after this week. I, I mean, my initial gut is telling me, all right, listen, this East Ham, Anderson County is going to be very one-sided, and then Anderson County will have the one seed. So, But I, I agree with you. These are great, fantastic stories, and, you know, it, it's one of these situations where, it was kind of too little, too late for both these teams to kind of get that momentum. Um, you know, they're good enough to get the playoffs, good enough to get those seedings, but I think that it's just the wrong year. You know, Anderson County's got a great team. They're 8-0, 4-0 in the region. It's just the wrong year. Sometimes that happens. You have really great teams that fall in the wrong region in the wrong year. And I think that's what happens with both of them. I think, to my eyes right now, they're both
1: pretenders. Pretender or contender. In 5A, Ray County, Saudi Daisy. I've got them both as pretenders. Can you convince me otherwise?
0: I've got Ray County, you know, as a pretender, you know, after the the Saudi Daisy loss. To me, Saudi Daisy is probably one of the dark horses to make a run. I feel like they are a team, as we've seen early in the season, that as long as you don't have – big play threats like an Udawah or a team similar to that, Saudi Daisy can at least attempt to hold you at bay and keep it close to the end. And Saudi Daisy has a little bit of a big play threat too. Looking, at, I don't, I'm not looking at the bracket right now. I, I don't see who they would potentially play, Chris. But I've got them as somewhat of a contender for a deep run. For a state title game, probably not, Chris. But quarterfinals, I mean – Heck, you know, you get an upset a semifinal. I, I think they could do it. I think they're really a team that could step out and be, you know, the dark horse and, and
1: shock everybody. Yeah. What are they? Four and three? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like I, that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, even if they ran the tables playing a nine game schedule and finished at six and three, how many six and three teams? How many, better question, how many three lost teams? Do you see that put a run together in November and go deep into the into the playoffs? Um, I mean, I can think of one. You know, Marion County in nineteen ninety went seven and three in the regular season and ended up winning a state championship. That doesn't happen often, though. I mean, mm-hmm. typically those teams you don't see a lot of teams with three losses at any level, any classification that ends up making a deep run in, in November. And that's that's the reason why I say pretender on both of them. 6A, Udawah, Bradley Central. I really want to tag Udawah as a contender in this, but when you look at what happened to them last week against Maryville, I I got nothing. I mean, I can't. I mean, you know, if look, if they would have lost by seven, if they would have lost by ten, then I might feel differently about it. They lost by forty-two.
0: Yeah, Chris, I, I've got both of these right now as, as pretenders. the Central still plays Maribel, but we we both know how that one's going to go. If it goes, if, if there anything like Udua, I mean, they played pretty closely with Udua earlier in the season. So, I mean, to me. They're really great teams, and I think that if they were playing in any, you know, in a region in Middle Tennessee or a region out in West Tennessee in six A, we may be talking about them way differently. We may be saying, "Hey, they're going to get to the state title game. They're going to face Marable, but they're going to get to the state title game." But they're in the same region as Meribel. That's that's really going to be their Achilles heel from here on out, unless something uh, something changes there.
1: Let's move over to uh, Division Two for a minute now. And um, let's start with the small school division in uh, in Division Two, which features Chattanooga Grace, uh, Grace Academy, Cade Tinsley, who's an outstanding athlete there. Um, where do you see? Can they? Are they? Could they be the best team? And uh, do you see them putting a uh, a big run together?
0: This team has been a really great story, uh, you know. I think that they can. I think that they are a team that has been surprising. I mean, you know, you just don't know with that division because I don't think that really either of us are completely familiar with that small school division and who's really in it. But I think that, you know, seeing what we've seen this year, that they have a really good chance of going, you know, maybe second and third round of the playoffs and who knows, a couple upsets here and there. They could be one of the teams we're talking about in the state title game in a couple of weeks.
1: Here's what concerns me about Grace, okay? And I, I do think they're they're pretty good based upon what I know, okay? They hammered uh, Isel Harding, beat them by 21. They beat Kings Academy by 15. They beat DCA pretty good. Now, they've got two games coming up to close out the season. Uh, this week, they're mm-hmm. at Mount Juliet and then they close out the season against a Middle Tennessee Christian next week. Those are going to be two pretty tough games that will tell us a lot about where they are. Um, the, the one game that stands out to me from them, and it's the only loss they've suffered this season, I think they're 6-1 and one now, the only loss they suffered was to Friendship Christian, and that was their first region game of the year, they lost thirty-five to nothing. Friendship Christian School, coached by um, John McNeil, he's been there forever and he's won a ton of games there. Um, they are a very, very good program year in and year out. They, along with Donaldson Christian Academy, are probably the two, probably the two teams in that um, region that that Division Two uh, Single A East. Those are probably the two teams that have the most football tradition behind them. Izel um, Harding was a, they had some success back in the late 90s. They had, a, they had a quarterback there. I can't think of that guy's name, but he could throw it all over the yard. But uh, it's been Friendship Christian and DCA have been the two that have kind of had, um, you know, the most football tradition, I guess. And DCA's a little bit down. Friendship Christian School is really good. Um, I I want to see how it plays out for them the next two weeks. I want to if you if you're asking me right now, I'm going to say Pretender, but I reserve judgment to be able to change that in about two weeks after I see how well they play these final two yeah. weeks of the year.
0: Yeah, Chris, I think one thing that really is in their corner is the fact that, you know, in that Division Two thing, you know, if you're in, like, that region with Friendship Christian, you're not going to see them potentially until you get maybe to the state title game because of the way it's all seated there. If it's the same as, you know, Division Double A AA and A, you're going to have that kind of advantage where you don't have to see them in an early round, and so you can start to, you know, build your way up and at least get deep into the playoffs before you have to play them first.
1: Let's move on to the Division Two AA and Notre Dame. Are they pretenders or are they contenders?
0: I think they, they have to be, in my mind, contenders. I mean, when you, when you have a team last year that goes to the state title game, they lose, you know, I think that they have a substantial chance of getting there again. And that, that's what it's really all about is can they get to a state title game and potentially win a state title game, and I think I think they can. And I think that they have a really impressive team. They've been impressive all year. They've got a game against Chattanooga Christian It's going to be a really crucial, a rivalry game. And if they win that, like, you know, maybe we expect them to, you know, they've got a pretty good shot at, you know, making a deep run.
1: I like Notre Dame's chances to be able to get back to the state championship game again. From what I have gathered from the people that I have talked to over in West Tennessee, um, LaSanne, or Lo, mm-hmm. Lausanne uh out in West Tennessee uh, which is the team that beat Notre Dame last year uh, in the in the playoffs they're really good uh, they've got this kid Eric Gray who is the two-time Mr. Football winner he's won the Gatorade offensive or Gatorade's Tennessee player of the year. He was MVP of the Blue Cross Bowl last year. I think he's ran for like 5,000 yards in high school, and um, he's a pretty good basketball player too. He is, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think I like Notre Dame to be able to get there. I just don't know that Notre Dame, again, has the horses to get past that team and win a state championship. But I think mm-hmm. if we're talking about the ability to get to Cookville, I think they are definitely a contender. All right, our last one as we play uh, pretender or contender, as we take a look at different teams around the state uh, or at least around our area uh, in terms of how they will fare in the state playoffs, our final team that we're taking a look at is the Macaulay Blue Tornado, which is, of course, uh, Division 2-3A. And Chandler, to me, I've got Macaulay listed as a contender. I, but I think you could just about make everybody in that um, in that division they play in, in that region they play in, in Division Two. you could make just about all those teams contenders because the one thing that region has showed us, I think there's a couple of teams there at the top that are head and shoulders above everybody else. And I think those teams – can beat each other up on any given night depending on who shows up to play.
0: Yeah, Chris, I, I think this is a, a team that is contender. I mean, if you had asked me midway through the season, are they pretend or contender? I would have told you, pretend. I, I just would have because of that NBA loss. And, Chris, you know, they beat Brentwood Academy and they might potentially have to play Brentwood Academy again in the playoffs, depending on how it all shakes out. But, Here's the thing. I think they're a contender. I think they have a really good shot at getting to the title game. It's just the same thing with, um, you know, we had with, uh, you know, Notre Dame, where I think they have the ability to get there. Can they beat it? I don't know. And I think Macaulay is in the same kind of situation right here, although I think they have a better chance of beating, you know, NBA because that's a team they play during the season. They can look at film and, and they can, you know, it's kind of a little bit easier to prepare for than Notre Dame playing. How you say it? Las- is that how you say Lasanne, it? Correctly? that's
1: that's what I'm going with. That's yeah. what I'm going with. Lasanne, Somebody can know, email me or tweet at me, whatever the correct pronunciation, if I'm wrong. I probably would
0: love am. to know. <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier matching up against an NBA than it is someone across the state that you, know, you saw in the state title game last year, but... You know, you you haven't really had any kind of opponents, any experience against them this year. So I think that's where McCauley has the advantage there to be a contender.
1: That is a look at our pretenders and contenders. We'll talk a lot more about playoffs, playoffs, and playoff implications <laughs> uh, next week here on uh, SETN Preps Podcast. All right, Chandler, it's time to do our pick segments. We're going to blow through this pretty quick. Let's go uh, East Hamilton at Anderson County. I've got Anderson County do you give the Hurricanes any shot? Chris, you know how my picks have gone in the past.
0: This is not going to be one of those picks. I've got Anderson County, but be warned, if I do pick you,
1: you're probably destined to lose. East Ridge and <laughs> Howard Friday night. I, I I like East Ridge. I'm feeling it. Could be the barbecue that I had for dinner, but I'm, I'm feeling Alonzo Russell. <laughs> and Eastridge getting the win over Howard this week. That would be three in a row for the Mighty Pioneers.
0: You know, I think we knew this one is going to be a rebuilding year for Eastridge. I think they have rebuilt and, and got the foundation in place faster than they expected. I've got Eastridge in this one. I just think they're too impressive. I think they're, you know, I think Howard is kind of, you know, they're not in the place right now they need to be. But Eastridge, I think have the motivation and all all they need to because, you know, if they win this game, they're they're in the playoffs.
1: Notre Dame and CCS, I'll go with a fight in Irish. Yeah, I've got to
0: go with Notre Dame. I, I just The, the Knoxville-Webb loss by CCS was just too much of a – it just showed me that they weren't ready. Maybe they weren't ready. Maybe it was a fluke, Chris, but I just don't think they're ready for Notre Dame right now.
1: Cleveland and Oudahua. Uh, feel like we talk about Oudahua every week, but it feels like they've played, <laughs> and feels like every week is a big game for Utah. Uh, but I'm yeah. I'm going with the Owls again uh, to get the win.
0: Yeah, Chris, I, I've got to go with, with Udawa. I just I think that they've got too much big play potential. I think Cleveland will be motivated, but then again, I think there's a little bit of motivation or a little bit of revenge factor in this, like you talked about with the what was a 42-7 loss last year. So I've got Udawa. Wow,
1: I think we agreed on every pick. First for everything. That would be – that spells complete disaster for somebody Friday night. (laughs) Hey, join us again next week. We'll be back on Monday to recap what all happened on Friday night. We'll do our highlight, low light, and fail from Friday night, and we'll give you our much-talked-about top five for the large schools and the small schools, and we'll get into it uh, on Monday here on SETN Preps. Let me remind you again – Uh, Find us on Facebook. Give us a like. It's uh, Facebook.com slash SETNpreps. You can also find us uh, on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Just use the search function and type in the uh, Southeast TN Prep Podcast. You'll find us. uh, Subscribe, rate, and review. Appreciate you hanging out with us again. Chandler, go enjoy some football Friday night, man. I'll talk to you again.